1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2 reads, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Hello and welcome back to Think This Way. I am one of the pastor elders here at Faith Bible Church. My name is Bryce. And today I have a return guest because everyone raved and said, you've got to bring him back. <laughs> I have trouble believing that. <laughs> they were knocking on our doors saying, bring this man back. No, just kidding. But uh, a dear friend who pastors just across the street from us, catty corner to us over here at Center Point Community. Uh, this is Josh St. Clair. Josh, thanks for being with us again. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And it seemed really right that you should be here for this episode. We've been talking this quarter about the local church. And these last few episodes of this quarter, we're trying to focus on healthy attitudes toward the local church. Sure. And one that comes up a lot, certainly I've thought a lot about it, I know the elders here have, and just the people here at Faith Bible, and I'm sure many others everywhere are thinking about, um, is how should we think about other local churches? Hmm. And it seemed right to have you here because you are you are an other local church about as close, <laughs> I mean, geographically, <laughs> right, yeah. right over there across the street. Um, but you are a different autonomous local church. Yeah. And here we are across the street. So wanting to think about how we think of other local churches, just as we get started, I have questions to ask you, because I'm looking forward to hearing those answers too, like I've told you before. Um, one of the things that struck this in my mind was I was reading Acts not that long ago, and it is amazing how interconnected those churches were yeah. in the early church. And I guess in some ways it was less complicated back then, because there wasn't time for all these different denominations and cults to begin, but just following Paul in the book of Acts, he's going to lots of different churches. I mean, he's starting some of them. He's returning to them. There's a sense of interconnectivity. You think about Apollo. One church sends him across the water to another church, and then he's ministering over there, and they receive him. Or just how not only Paul, but people like Barnabas, I mean, they're frequently sent from one church to another to help. So there's this kind of connection, there's a collection that's raised for the Jerusalem church, and a lot of Gentile churches are involved. So you see that, and, and then in Paul's own writing, I was thinking about this one passage from 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty six, where he's really challenging any sense that a church would not be connected with other churches. And this is where he tells the Corinthians that he doesn't want women teaching in the church. They should sure. remain silent, learn from their husbands at home. And then he ends that by saying, or was it from you that the word of God came? Or are you the only ones it has reached? <laughs> so again, don't be an island as a local church. That's, he's pushing back against that. So that, that's part of the background for me in the last few years of thinking about this, of how do we have a healthy attitude when we think of other local churches? And so the first question I have for you, I know things are different today than they were in the book of Acts. So one of the things we have to think a lot about is finding other like-minded churches. Sure. Like-minded churches. 
because we want to join with and encourage like-minded churches. But how do we know if a church is like-minded? So that's my first question for you is, what goes through your mind when you're thinking through this question of, is a church like-minded with ours? Sure. Yeah. It's a it's an important question. Um, well, I'd say first and foremost, it's got to be a church that is true to the gospel. We're commanded to be like-minded in that sense. We're all, as believers, to be on the same page about who Jesus is, about the gospel. Um, so that's like step one. Uh, got to be a gospel-preaching Jesus glorifying church. Um, but beyond that, when I personally am looking for a like-minded church, I want to be on the same page on a few other levels too. Uh, one of them is just kind of the, the priority within the mission. Um, I want to, I want to hear that a church's first, foremost, highest goal is to just bring glory to Jesus Christ. I mean, there are other worthwhile goals that you can have for certain events ministries. You can just want to put on a fun event for the community. You can want to uh, put on a, a moving worship service for your congregation. Those are those are fine goals, but if I'm going to lock arms with another church to work together to do something, I want the goal just to be to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ and to make his name great. And so I want to see that, that alignment of mission first and foremost. I want to see a high value of God's word. Uh, that's necessary. There are a lot of uh, other lesser uh, things that would probably fall into place if that is in place uh, first. But I also look for uh, less important than that is methodology. Uh, how are they communicating the gospel? Like methodology is not the gospel. There's a lot of different ways you can communicate the gospel, but are they doing it in a way that aligns with the character, the heart of my church, uh, you know, and my convictions. Like, um, I'm not comfortable with presenting the gospel in a way uh, that could be construed as emotionally manipulative, maybe uh, a lot of crying or uh, a heavy-handed appeal for uh, for financial giving, things like that. Um, I don't think that that's heretical or anything, but it's not what I'm comfortable with. It's not how I think the gospel should be presented. And so I just want to see the mythology or methodology lined up there um, as far as how we communicate the gospel. And then just the last thing that I look for, just personally, again, um, there's not a lot of like biblical passages you can go to on these things. Because as you mentioned, things were a little bit different in Acts. They didn't uh, face some of the same uh, variety of denominations and stuff that we do now. But but I look also for just a real humility in a church and especially in the leaders. I think humility is one of those vanguard uh, attributes or characteristics that you know that the rest of the fruit of the Spirit is going to kind of follow after that. And so... Um, that's just me personally. When I'm looking for a like-minded church, I want to see their mission line up with ours, the way they do things, methodology, fit in with the, my convictions and the convictions of the church, and then just see that, that fruit of humility in their congregation and their leaders. That's excellently said, genuinely. So I'm thinking, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, what are the dangers? Let's say someone is more open than that. And sure. they say, you know, methodology... It's fine. Somebody's different. Let's say they still think you got to have the gospel, okay? But methodology, 
can be whatever. And let's just say your threshold's really low for partnering with other churches. Sure. It's basically as long as you follow Jesus. What are some of the dangers to your mind of, of having too low of a threshold here? So one of the dangers that I've experienced personally is maybe deepening a division between churches. I, uh, I can think of a, a specific example where I tried to team up with a few different pastors on a retreat. And these are pastors I genuinely love, respect, look up to, but I didn't, I didn't dig in deep enough to some of the methodology or maybe even some of the, the finer points of theology and we actually ran into an issue on that retreat with the, uh, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the episode uh, with the the First Corinthians 14, uh, women in ministry. And so one of the pastors lined up uh, a, a woman to uh, speak and deliver a Bible teaching. And <laughs> it was uh, it was something that uh, I, I kind of uh, addressed with him, but it, it caused a division that maybe if... Uh, I don't know if we had uh, set a bar a little bit higher from the beginning, or talked through those things a little bit more. Maybe could have uh, could have avoided. But yeah, yeah. And there are some of those questions that are some of those questions that are just so practical and pressing. You either will have a woman teaching or not. You know, sure. Yeah. So you can't be like, well, let's just agree to disagree. Like we're either doing it or we're not yeah, doing it. It, it, it forced a. <laughs> Yeah, uncomfortable decision in that situation, yeah. Well, returning to those who are, let's say, more like-minded, even on methodology and finer points of theology. So let's say you find a church and you have a like-mindedness with them. What are some practical ways that a local church could demonstrate this kind of interconnection with believers in another like-minded local church? Sure. I think that... I don't know if easiest is the right word. Uh, the the simplest way I think that we can do that as believers in general is to pray for other churches. Yeah. Like that is key. Um, and one of the the important things I found in my own life, benefits of praying for other churches, is we tend. To, and it may be it may be particular here in America where we're more capitalistic, competitive. We tend to see other churches as threats almost where their success means you know a, a failure for me or at least less yeah. for me and so I to my own shame fall into that mindset sometimes just this past week I uh, we have a, a portable baptismal that we loan out to other like-minded churches um, uh, to do baptisms and uh, the pastor I loaned it to called me back it's like hey can we keep that another week we had like eight more people want to get baptized and shame on me my initial thought was like oh I only had three people get baptized in my church this, this past year. Like, uh, it felt like a failure for me. I was a little bit jealous. Uh, my heart was not right. And so immediately go to prayer. I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm just going to pray for the blessing of these people. They're building your kingdom. There's people being saved and discipled there. And praise God for that. And so when we pray for other churches, we pray for their blessing, their success as they honor Jesus, as they preach the gospel. It just, it rescues us from that island kind of mindset, that competitive uh, threat kind of mindset. And we, we see that we're all part of the body of Christ together. As long as we are honoring and glorifying Jesus Christ, 
praise God, mm-hmm. you know, when those other churches are successful and blessed. We ought to be praying for those things. So that's, that's the big thing. Anybody can do that. We can all do that anytime. Pray for other churches. Um, I, pray, I pray for you, actually. Hey, thank you. Uh, every, every week. Um, on, man. Um, I, I, man, I want to see, see you guys blessed and growing in your, in your ministry and your effectiveness and fruit. But um, another thing we can do is, is share resources, like I talked about uh, We've got the baptismal. We don't have much uh, much we can share, but that's one thing. So if you see another like-minded church and you've got a, a curriculum that you just really enjoyed, you're finished up, you're done with it, like, hey, you think you guys could use this? It really blessed our church. I think it would be good for a, a Sunday school or a small group or whatever with you guys. And so just to, to share what we can, like the Gentile church has shared with the Jerusalem church yeah. there in Acts. Yeah. See, the problem is the last time we met up, I tried to give you a book. So I thought, <laughs> how can I bless this man? And I thought, he, he's a reader. He likes reading. So I, I tried to give you that Jaber Crow book. Yeah. You already read it. Did, <laughs> you already had it. I have a copy on my shelf already, <laughs> oh, but I, I gotta keep appreciate working. the offer. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep working on that. Uh, that praying, you know, well, first, thanks for praying for us, yeah. genuinely. That's something I should, I should call out Westwood as well, because I know that the leadership at Westwood pray for us a lot. Mm. That's convicting. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Praise Thank God. for doing that too. I mean, that, that is such a, when you hear that, that is an expression of like, okay, wow, we're in this together. And I appreciate your honesty too on the, the competitive nature among pastors Yeah, is a real thing that maybe is hard to appreciate unless you're a pastor. Sure. You know, we, we like Oak Hill Baptist Church, if you're listening, Oak Hill Baptist, we love you very much. I, I actually don't know the pastor well, but I knew his son who married uh, a daughter of one of the families who used to attend here and uh, appreciate him very much. So I'm sure I'd love the pastor as well. But anyways, they bought the property across the street from us, yeah. directly across, and they're building it up, and it's going to be one of their campuses. And it is interesting because I have nothing whatsoever against that church at all. I mean, I don't know them closely, you know. I know kind of through people and stuff. So nothing that I wouldn't appreciate that I know of clearly but it's interesting when they buy that property, the first instinctual response is like, this is our territory. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the worst possible response you could ever have. It's the flesh. Man. It is the flesh. Yeah. It's so bad. And you do have to consciously go, no, Bryce, we're, we're not going to think that way. It's a bit ridiculous <laughs> to think that way. Why are we doing that? Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so practical question here. And we talked about this before we started the podcast. Trying to foster relationships with like-minded churches, uh, it's full of dangers. Sure. Which is why some churches don't do it. (laughs) And I think even for us in the past, we haven't emphasized it as a local church because there are dangers involved. But So I thought I'd just start by saying, okay, how do you have a healthy attitude and encourage people in a local church to have a healthy attitude toward churches in town that... They're true churches. They have the gospel right. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't exactly consider them like-minded. So methodology is different. Sure. Maybe some significant secondary issues are different. I'm not even saying how we interact as much as I'm saying, how do we even think about them in a healthy way? I, I love this question. <laughs> and 
One of the things that comes to mind, um, there's a Bible verse. It's, it's 1 Peter 4.10. And Peter there, he's talking about spiritual gifts within the local church. Uh, but he says there is, each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And the, the term that I just really just adore, there's varied grace. And that word varied, it can be translated variegated, multifaceted, multicolored. And the idea is that God's unified grace can be expressed in this diversity that is rich and uh, unique. And, uh, and that's the way that I encourage people to think about other churches. Um, there, there may be a, I don't know, a, a Pentecostal church in Central Africa or something like that, and their their service may look nothing like mine, and we may disagree on some of those finer points of theology, and we don't speak the same language, come from the same culture, but there they are, they're bringing glory and honor to Jesus Christ, and they are worshiping Him as Lord, and they are proclaiming the gospel, and they're showing forth one unique color of God's grace that my church can't, that Faith Bible can't necessarily. You know, each church has its own personality. Some are more stoic, and that shows a, a certain uh, aspect of God's grace. Some are more expressive, and that shows a different aspect. But the idea is that all these churches together, I think, like a diamond, the, the more facets a diamond would have, the more it would show forth the different uh, variety of, of colors in the spectrum and the different uh, shades of, of, uh, of color and light and things like that. And so the more churches are showing forth these different aspects of the glory of Jesus, the better. And I, I praise God for that. And so I try to think of it that way. When I see another church say, man, if they are a true church, what what unique color of Jesus are they showing? And praise God for that, that they are showing that forth into the world, because the world needs that. Hmm. That's excellent. So let's say you have someone comes to you, and they are thinking about joining a church in town that's a true church. Yeah. But you have some serious concerns about something. Maybe women are teaching. Maybe, maybe counseling methodology is too secular. So, something. So you have serious concerns about it. You wouldn't do it in your own church. You encourage people away from that particular thing. But here's a person, and they tell you, I'm thinking about joining that church. Sure. <laughs> okay, because this is very practical, you know, and there you are as a pastor. Yes. And you're going, I'm not trying to badmouth. Any churches, I'm trying to be humble here. I'm trying to be thoughtful here and think of their good. Basically, this is not for our podcast listeners. This is for me. Sure. <laughs> Help me out, Josh. What do I do in that circumstance? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, I think that what I would do put in that, uh, that situation, I would maybe share a couple of concerns. I don't know if I would frame them as concerns with the person I was talking about, but I would maybe say, you know, I wonder, have you asked the leadership of this church what they believe about this or how they handle this type of situation? And I would certainly encourage that person to be in prayer about this. This is such an important thing. The, the church you attend has such an effect on your growth as a believer in Christ and the health of your soul. Like you just... 
ask the Lord, make sure that you're going to the right place. But I do, I try to be careful, like you said, not to badmouth other churches. Um, we've got we've got an enemy as it is as believers, um, and we don't want to get caught up in, in friendly fire and, and hurt each other that way. Um, so I try to be careful if it is a true church that is preaching the gospel. Um, and I've also, I've misinterpreted or misunderstood where certain churches were coming from before, and I've been wrong about them uh, and and been corrected in my assumptions when, when I actually talked with the leadership of that church or people at that church. But, um, but yeah, encourage them to pray and encourage them to ask hard questions of the leadership, uh, you know, before they make that, that jump. That's what I'll do. <laughs> that's an issue. It comes back on you. I say, Josh told me to do that. <laughs> oh, that sounds very wise. I'll, I'll yeah. take the blame. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, one last question I have while you're here is if we switch our focus, and let's say we're talking about a church, we're not like-minded, but it's not just a matter of methodology, Hmm. but it's a central matter, central gospel matter. Yeah. So it's not preference. So here we could be talking about the Roman Catholic Church. We, We really have a different view of the gospel and of grace. Sure. We could be talking about cults like Mormonism, where definitions of things like God are very different. Right. So if someone's in this church, God could save them despite the church, but it's not going to be because of the message in the church. They don't have the true gospel. So we're talking about a false, and this would include, I'd say, even um, the prosperity gospel. Yeah, Sure. So here is a false church, and we have them in town. What is a healthy attitude for us here to have toward churches like that? Hmm. <laughs> I think that it's hard it's hard for some of those examples to even call them churches I think by the by the definition but if there's an organization whose official teachings are contrary to the gospel I think we have to be super careful not to join hands with them in any way lest we be found working against the gospel um that's a pretty serious thing and so I think as far as our interactions with the organization itself or the church itself, I, I tend to think the farther away you stay, the better. But, but most, uh, most believers, uh, I think, are not going to have primarily interactions with the organization. They're going to have interactions with people or members that are coming from that organization. And so I say with those people, maybe primarily see them as a mission field, love them, um, listen to them to see what they believe. Um, and if, uh, if they need to be presented with the gospel and preach the gospel to them. Right. And I think about the, I know you're a, you're a John Calvin fan. You know, John Calvin was Roman Catholic till he was in his twenties and Augustine was in a, a weird cult, you know, <laughs> yes, for time. And, and you see that the Lord, you know, converted them and brought them out. And so I think that we're not to view these people primarily as, evil and avoid them, the, the teachings, maybe the organizations, uh, we can, we can maybe some of them view that way, but the, the people themselves I see is maybe misguided, misled by people who are twisting the gospel and they need to be rescued out of that. And they need to hear the truth, the gospel that sets people free. Uh, you know, so I love them, preach the gospel to them. 
Well said. Thank you, Josh, for joining us today and helping us with this. Yeah, as always, like I said, it's my pleasure. Love it. Someone listening to this, you probably lean one of two ways. You may be someone who leans in the direction of shut the gates and let no one in (laughs) for the sake of safety. Live on an island. It's our local church and you don't need to know anybody else. Maybe you lean that way. You also could lean the other way of having way too low a threshold and the gates always open. Anybody can come in with error included. Well, whatever you may have thought in the past, may God help us all now by his grace to think this way. Mm